full disclosure before I begin, uh, Brian and I did not talk before uh, today's service. Uh, God is uh, sovereign over all these things that we do here each week, and we, uh, we praise him for that. Um, we have been going through uh, a series of uh, sermons led by Pastor Luke on uh, a shepherd leader, uh, giving us understanding and insights into the role of the elder as the shepherd leader in the church. This week, um, as he was away to General Assembly, um, I agreed to let God speak through me as we uh, explore uh, John 10, 1 through 18, and see the example of Jesus as the Good Shepherd. Um, I'll be reading uh, John chapter 10, verses 1 through 18. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheephold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who come before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out, go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. Just as a father knows me and I know the father and I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I have received from my Father. Please pray with me. Heavenly Father, we, we thank you for your word. We thank you for the opportunities to, to now speak through me. We ask that you open our hearts and minds. Let my words be your words. Let us all worship you and praise you, giving you honor and glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. <clears throat> well, to fully understand what Jesus is teaching here in this first part of chapter 10 in John, we need to look back at chapter 9, where Jesus heals a man born blind. This passage tells how Jesus healed the man on the Sabbath, troubling the Pharisees greatly. They doubted whether he had ever been blind, let alone born blind and blind all his life. They challenged his version of the healing, accusing him of being one of Jesus' disciples. The man testified to Jesus' power being from God. This was more than the Pharisees could take, and they cast him out rejecting him and his claims. 
John 9, 35 through 41 helps us understand that and summarizes Jesus' response to the man and to the Pharisees. Jesus heard they had cast him out, and having found him, he said, Do you believe in the Son of Man? He answered, And who is he, sir, that I may believe in him? Jesus said to him, You have seen him, and it is he who is speaking to you. He said, Lord, I believe. And he worshipped him. Jesus said, For judgment I came into this world, and those who do not see may see, and those who see may become blind. Some of the Pharisees near him heard these things and said to him, Are we also blind? Jesus said to them, If you were blind, you would have no guilt. But now that you say we see, your guilt remains. Instead of caring for this man, as his spiritual shepherds, as they were called, they rejected him. But the formerly blind man learned to recognize the voice of his spiritual shepherd, of his true shepherd, Jesus Christ, and followed him when he called. Jesus is the shepherd who entered by the door, who came as the prophecies of Old Testament said. Jesus was the one recognized by the gatekeeper as the true leader of his people. Jesus' tender treatment of this man demonstrated the way the true shepherd acts on behalf of his sheep. So as we look at chapter 10, verses 1 through 18, uh, in the back of the bulletin is an outline if you'd like to take notes. I've broken it down into three sections. Uh, verses 1 through 6, we'll look at false shepherds versus true shepherds. Uh, 7 through 10, the door of the sheep. And then 11 through 18, Jesus is the good shepherd. Let's first consider the true and the false shepherds. John 10, 1 through 6, let me read that again so it's fresh in our minds. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who does not enter the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a thief and a robber. But he who enters by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. To him the gatekeeper opens. The sheep hear his voice, and he calls his own, by, own sheep by name and leads them out. When he has brought out all his own, he goes before them, and the sheep follow him, for they do know his voice. A stranger they will not follow, but they will flee from him, for they do not know the voice of strangers. This figure of speech Jesus used with them, but they did not understand what he was saying to them. So when he begins his teaching, saying, truly, truly, I say to you, that's a point of emphasis. This is where he wants them to really pay attention. He who enters the sheepfold by the door, but climbs in by another way, that man is a robber and a thief. It's helpful to understand that when the sheepfold that they describe here was used, it probably helps us understand better what, what Jesus is meaning by this. The sheepfold that he's describing is one that was likely in a city or in the villages, was very large, it was probably a public setting where multiple herds or multiple flocks would be kept. Um, the sheep pen was typically under the care of a porter or the gatekeeper. Um, whose duty it was to guard the door and keep an eye out for the walls to make sure nobody jumped them. But he would make sure at night all the sheep from the different flocks were safe. And then he would recognize the shepherds in the morning when they would come for their flocks. He would allow the shepherds that he recognized in, they would come in and call their sheep, each of whom would know his own shepherd's voice. So each flock would be able to hear their shepherd and they would all leave with the right shepherds and lead them out to the pastures as, as described here. 
So the image of the shepherd is often used, as we've heard in Scripture as well, and other places, to show God's relationship with his people. The Pharisees should have recognized Jesus' teaching on the shepherd's faithfulness. These religious leaders, if they'd been paying attention to their training, would have known of God's warnings about the shepherds who are false, particularly from Jeremiah. God sent the nation into exile. He also promised to gather his flock and give them truthful and caring shepherds. Jeremiah 23, 1 through 6, helps us understand a little bit of that. Woe to the shepherds who destroy and scatter the sheep with my pasture, declares the Lord. Therefore, thus says the Lord, the God of Israel, concerning the shepherds who care for my people, you have scattered my flock and have driven them away, and you have not attended to them. Behold, I will attend to you for your evil deeds, declares the Lord. Then I will gather the remnant of my flock out of all the countries where I have driven them, and I will bring them back to their fold, and they shall be fruitful and multiply. I will set shepherds over them who will care for them, and they shall fear no more, nor be dismayed, neither shall be any missing, declares the Lord. Behold, the days are coming, declares the Lord, when I will raise up for David a righteous branch, and he shall reign as king and deal wisely, and shall execute justice and righteousness in the land. In his day Judah will be saved, and Israel will dwell securely. And this is the name by which he will be called the Lord our righteousness. This promise that God presents here in Jeremiah is fulfilled in Jesus. The prophet Ezekiel was also a contemporary of Jeremiah. We heard earlier what he wrote about the shepherds who do not lead and then teaching God's people in truth. We also see where Ezekiel tells of God's promise to care for his people. Ezekiel 34, 10 through 12 is just a, a small part I want to reread here for us to, to see for emphasis. Thus says the Lord God, Behold, I am against the shepherds, and I will require my sheep at their hand, and put a stop to their feeding of the sheep. No longer shall the shepherds feed themselves. I will rescue my sheep from their mouths, that they may not be food for them. For thus says the Lord God, Behold, I, I myself will search for my sheep, and will seek them out. As a shepherd seeks out his flock when he is among his sheep that have been scattered, so I will seek out my sheep. And I will rescue them from all places where they have been scattered on a day of clouds and thick darkness. This passage ended with the verse, And you are my sheep, human sheep of my pasture, and I am your God, declares the Lord God. So we see God fulfilling his promise to care and lead for his sheep through his son, Jesus Christ, our Lord. So we've seen some characteristics of false shepherds. What have we heard and what do we learn from uh, scripture about the true shepherd, Jesus? <clears throat> In this section, I see three main points. Number one, Jesus knows his sheep by name and knows each one perfectly. Jesus has a personal relationship with every believer who belongs to him. He knows each one and cares for each one. He knows everything about you, your wants and desires, your fears and your concerns. He knows his perfect plan for each of us and will fill it in his time, if only you believe and receive him as your Lord and Savior. Number two, Jesus himself leads his sheep. He goes before his people rather than driving them from behind. He led a perfect life on this earth and is the example to follow. 
He always followed his Father's will in the glorious love he had for the Father. He thought, spoke, and lived by God's word. He showed grace to those who were helpless and hopeless without him. The 23rd Psalm, which we heard read earlier, gives us David's words in recognizing God's care and leading. Jesus came so his people could be saved from judgment for their sins. He came so we could live new lives, energized and renewed by his own presence. This does not mean that believers in Jesus will live without the pressures of daily life or heavy weights of grief and suffering. Jesus is always leading, always going before us, and always staying close, keeping us secure, bringing his supernatural peace and strength for everyday living. And number three, Jesus' sheep will not follow a stranger. Jesus is the compassionate shepherd, the supreme and sovereign shepherd. He not only healed the man blind from birth, but also sought him out to protect him from the Pharisees who rejected the truth. He provided clarity and truth against the discouragement of those who opposed Jesus. All people who hear the good news of Jesus Christ must believe. Jesus guides and keeps his own sheep. He ensures his sheep, who are chosen and called by God, will never follow a stranger in a way that would cause eternal harm. Instead, they follow him. Jesus said in John 6:37, All that the Father gives me will come to me, and whoever comes to me I will never cast out. Have you heard Jesus call to you? Do you have a special personal relationship with him? Do you recognize his voice? How do you know it's Jesus calling you and not one of the false prophets out there trying to lead you astray? Jesus calls his own through his word and through the work of the Holy Spirit who opens our hearts and minds to understand his word and place it upon our hearts to believe and accept it. Next, we will take a look at what the meaning of the door of the sheep is, verses 7 through 10. So Jesus again said to them, Truly, truly, I say to you, I am the door of the sheep. All who came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not listen to them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go out, will go in and out and find pasture. The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I came that they may have life and have it abundantly. Well, it's pretty obvious that these Pharisees did not understand Jesus' first teaching. So he gives them another, a little more personal approach, an illustration, again using the sheep and the shepherd example. In verses 2 and 3, Jesus described the kind of sheepfold typically used during the winter, again in the city where everyone would congregate. Beginning in verse 7, Jesus is likely referring to the sheepfold used in the summertime. These had stone walls with briars, sticks with, with a lot of sharp points and things like that to protect, again, the enclosure of the sheepfold. And then the doorway was, in this case, just a simple opening. At night, when the sheep were in the sheepfold, the shepherd would lay in front of the doorway, basically acting as the door to the sheepfold. No one could come in or go out through this doorway except through the shepherd. This shows us that Jesus is both the shepherd and the only door into eternal life, God's kingdom and family. So what is Jesus telling us in these verses? He is the only Messiah. He was sent by the Father and entered, into God's, entered in God's prescribed way. 
Jesus said to Thomas in John 14, 6, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Before and after Jesus' life here on earth, many false prophets, teachers, and messiahs appeared in the world. Some still appear today. But they are and were thieves and robbers. The Lord's sheep always follow the true shepherd. Jesus is the only way to God. Jesus gives salvation and life. Whoever enters the sheepfold through the door of Jesus will be saved. This means being delivered from evil and its results and consequences. To be saved implies that you were lost, but now are found and rescued from destruction. Jesus provides security as the door of the sheep. The phrase, will go in and out and find pasture, describes a free and safe life. Psalm 121.8 promises, The Lord will keep your going out and coming in from this time forth and forevermore. While Jesus never promises only pleasure and easy living, he does offer the assurance of his presence and provision. Psalm 23 provides confirmation of these promises. Listen as I read again the passage picturing the images David uses, and he describes and expressing his confidence in God. The Lord is my shepherd, I shall not want. He makes me lie down in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. As we reflect on this reading, we see that God provides an abundant life to his sheep. John's gospel emphasizes eternal life perhaps more than any other theme other than the divine nature of Jesus. Jesus came not only to give eternal life to believers, but he intended for us to experience eternal life here and now. Life to the fullest is enjoyed when we live in his joy, his peace, his patience, his self-control, his power, his endurance, and his ability to meet every situation. Life with and in Jesus becomes an adventure. Fear diminishes. Joy increases. Do you experience this life now? Receiving fullness from Jesus means eternally significant living today and an anticipated glorious entrance into heaven when you're called home. And then we get to see the true message of, of this passage here. Jesus declares that he is the good shepherd. Verses 11 through 18. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who does not own the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he is a hired hand and cares nothing for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me, just as the Father knows me and I know the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And I have other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also. 
and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock, one shepherd. For this reason the Father loves me, because I lay down my life, that I may take it up again. No one takes it from me, but I lay it down of my own accord. I have authority to lay it down, and I have authority to take it up again. This charge I received from my Father. After teaching with illustration and examples, Jesus makes his place and calling very clear. In saying, I am the good shepherd, the good shepherd lays down his life for his sheep. He reveals himself to be the fulfillment of the shepherding metaphor applied to the leaders of Israel under the Old Covenant. He is no hired hand who runs at the first sign of trouble. We could say that the hired hand is not fully invested in his work. The Pharisees were hired hands in the way they treated the man to whom Jesus gave sight. Again, Jesus said, he knows his sheep and his sheep know him. His people will follow his lead and enjoy a deep relationship with the Lord. This relationship is authentic and eternal, like the intimate, loving connection between the Son and the Father. Jesus came to do the Father's will and to provide the life he would give to his people. To that end, Jesus repeated that he would lay down his life for his sheep. He does this on the cross for each one of us. Jesus also said he had other sheep that are not of this fold. I must bring them also, and they will listen to my voice. So there will be one flock and one shepherd. Prior to Jesus coming, most of the flock were ethnic Israelites. This was about to change. Sheep from other flocks will hear the voice of the good shepherd and come into a sheepfold. They will join the one true flock and submit to the one true shepherd. Jew and Gentile will come in through the one door to follow the one good shepherd. Where we see here, Jesus is also very confident in God's love for him, but he especially knew the Father's approval of his work. Jesus' obedience to his Father was a motivation for everything that Jesus did. Jesus wanted to redeem his people. So, but sometimes we forget that his sacrifice on the cross was first done in devotion to his Father, God in heaven. Jesus surrendered his human will to his Father's purpose for him. He had power to lay down his life and to take it up again. When Jesus died on the cross, he gave up his spirit. Three days later, Jesus came out of the tomb, taking up his life again. No other human ever possessed such power. The miracle of the death and resurrection of Jesus in his human body proves he is all he said about himself. Are you willing to follow Jesus, the good shepherd, who gave his life for his sheep, so each one would be able to live abundantly with him forever? Will you begin to live today in the peace and joy of trust in your good shepherd? As we continue on in our study of the, the shepherd leader and as we begin exploring, expanding our elders to, uh, to include more men, uh, we ask that you pray for us, uh, for Luke and David and myself and the men who will become elders and under shepherds here at All Souls. We know that we have great responsibilities in following Jesus' example as the good shepherd in leading this flock of leaders, believers. Scripture reminds us about the false shepherds. Pray that we will follow Jesus' lead and serve him faithfully, working hard and diligently, being patient with the flock, being a good example, remembering to be self-sacrificing, and most of all, moved by love. 
I'll close with a benediction found in Hebrews 13. Now may the God of peace, who brought again from the dead our Lord Jesus Christ, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with everything good that you may do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight, through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory forever and ever. Amen. Amen. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for Jesus. We thank you for his call and his willingness to submit to your plan. We thank you that he is our good shepherd, the one true shepherd who we can follow and trust, who never fails us, who always protects us. Give us hearts and minds to submit to him and let everything that then comes from our lives gives you honor and glory and praise. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.